Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, brave warriors, noble adventurers, and devious dungeon masters. Welcome back to the Knights of Nerds podcast. This is Tim, your dungeon master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. Today, in episode 28, I believe this is the what will be the second to last episode where the heroes are in Boldbrook. Uh, there are some decisions that get made in this episode and next episode that really propel things forward, which is a nice change because they've been kind of waiting for something to happen in the last few episodes. So, episode 28, yes, some stuff happens and then even more stuff happens in the next episode. So, so this will be the second to last episode where they're in the city and then things will move forward from there. Another few things that I wanted to mention, we recently passed 10,000 downloads coming just after our one-year anniversary, which is amazing timing, and I am still surprised that people enjoy this podcast and still listen to it after a year. So sincere thank yous to everyone who has been with us from the beginning, or if you're just joining us, that's awesome too. I'm psyched that anyone really enjoys this. Also, Candace has taken it upon herself to create an Instagram account for her character, Fiance. So you can find her on Instagram where she's posting all sorts of interesting things that are sure to complicate my job as a DM. Like shouting out slogans with no context is one of the things that she recently did. And I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg. So you can find her Instagram account. is I think it's just called Faye from Knights and Nerds Podcast. So if you too want to contribute to making my job more difficult, you can go and follow her and make all sorts of weird suggestions. I do want to give a shout out to Ryan Howard of the Rollin' Bones podcast. He's been doing a great job with his podcast so far. It's on Anchor, again called Rollin' Bones. He's been doing some awesome interviews. One of the more recent ones um, a week or two ago, I think, was with uh, DM Dave of DMDave.com, who is maybe one of the most prolific content creators out there. And as you know, we post our episodes on the DM Dave blog. We're fortunate enough to do that. Uh, And he's had some really great interviews since then. And in hindsight, I am fortunate that Ryan started his podcast with me, considering all the cool people he's been interviewing since. So again, check out Ryan's podcast, Rolling Bones. It's on Anchor, I believe also on Spotify. Yes, on Spotify too, and probably some other places. Ryan's also been painting some minis. He's been doing a few iterations of Faye, which again, blows my mind on the same level as fan art, that anyone enjoys this podcast enough to create something that is related to it in any way is like never ceases to amaze me. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. I think it's awesome. And lastly, I do want to mention the Round Table in Waterloo. If you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, you can swing by the Round Table. They're doing all sorts of crazy cool events. Not only do they have an awesome vibe normally, but they do all sorts of cool events like uh, paint nights. They're doing one event soon. Learn how, like a tutorial for painting minis. They're doing a scotch tasting, which I would... I'm really hoping to make it to. And then they're doing all sorts of other events like making chain mail and like it's just crazy the amount of stuff that they're doing. So if you are in the KW area, they also do D&D in-house every now and then. So, I mean, that's 
the icing on top. So if you are in the KW area, be sure to check them out. See all the awesome events they have on their Facebook and Instagram. Okay, now we're going to rejoin the heroes. Candace, Katie, Matt, and Tom, otherwise known as Fiance, Vanna, Spruce Lee, and Geladob Fabblestabble. Last time we played. Last time you fought and you killed Thorn... Twinhammer and Cliff Muscles, who had burst into the wandering gesture, accused you of smuggling in new life. Thorn tried to force feed Gilly a vial of, of new life, but quickly died. You went to the shrine. You got Marigold to follow Victor, and she told you she saw him going into a blacksmith's shop at night with Brita, the ranger who assisted you in your fight to kill. Cliff and the Thorn. And Brita had also mentioned, we haven't gotten to this yet really, that she recognized Vanna's sword, which she inherited from her father. And Giladub asked for some information on, I think, the civilization that is underneath Pharaoh's Point. And you have a librarian looking through some archives for some information for that. I think we also gained the information that... Um Brita, Brita, right? Brita, Brita. I just keep wanting to say getting rid of Brita. But <laughs> you really, you really Brita her name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Brita uh, saw the weird flying, whatever. Yeah. So you had recently left the shrine. It's, I think, getting towards the evening. I think I can't actually recall. Hmm. Sounds reasonable. Yeah, like afternoon, evening. I'm okay with that timeline. Illidaw was. Exp- Expressing, I think, some hesitance to fully trust Victor. Oh, right. Yes. We had a conversation yeah. at the end. Of, okay, yeah. So, yeah, the blacksmith, or if we were going to go back to our place and then go to the blacksmith, or I think that was the big debate. Which one was first? Yeah, I think I was a bit thrown off um, figuring out what that Brita, Brita is work, or is with with Victor. Because, yeah, I don't really trust Victor, but I wanted to use Brita to figure out the uh, flying thing. What was your reason for not trusting Victor again? I just don't trust him. Just in general, <laughs> he yeah. Trust, yeah, he was so far. He was skeptical of him for a few things and being an NPC and <laughs> right, well, and the, when we asked questions about him, no one knew about him. Right. He's supposed to be like the head of the temple guard, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, never been heard of. Plus, he's, like, leaving the temple to go do something else with whoever his contact is for creating a cure for new life with dragon bones. So that's breaking the temple rules. So I just don't think his allegiance is to the temple. It seems like he's got his own shenanigans going on. Which I still want in on because a cure would be great. I think that's cool, too. (laughs) He just maybe seems a little bit more chaotic good rather than lawful Mm -hmm. good, right? That's that yeah. Mean. I'm still willing to to work with him. Just yeah. There's lots of people I don't trust. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He said I didn't trust him. I think we discussed that I did trust him, and you didn't trust him. Was so where it was. Like, sure. Yeah. We'll continue to see how things go. Right. But do we want to? So where do we want to do? Work <laughs> with Brita first, or investigate the blacksmith first? The whole point of why we came to Boldbrook was to get information or. Um, uh, see if anyone knew or could help us get Dragonbone. We haven't 
really accomplished that. Um, except for the fact that Victor is also looking for it and has, seems to have some connection or be working with someone who may have information, but we really don't know. Mm-hmm. So we could chase that lead. We know that Victor is going to the um, blacksmith at night and was seen there with Frida. This is based on what Marigold told us. Um, we don't know anything past that. We know that there's Dragonbone at the shrine, which we can pretty much assume is pretty heavily warded. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven, that shit. I mean, ultimately, in the name of being chaotic good, <laughs> just murder a few paladins to try and get the dragon bones. Somehow sneak past those goggles. Never mind. But we're saying that maybe um, going back to the where we're staying might be the best bet and see if either Rita or Vic are there tonight mm-hmm. and either confront or talk to them. But overall, I don't think the city is our objective maybe so much as much as a wayward point on our way back if we do find Dragonbone because we could cure new life if we have some extra or somehow get our hands on it mm-hmm. by giving it to them so you know these people want it but it seems to me like one of those side quests it doesn't really help us with the yeah big, big picture of what's going on whereas we could get something teller could know something as well and we've sent him on to the other city the other thing to keep in mind with Boldbrook is that Dane Rubii, um, he has that connection to his whole clan, right? His whole family, who is this potential big ally if we stay in their in their good books as well. So keeping keeping that in mind. Because also, why we should get out of town sooner to stay in his good books because the things that we want do not line up with what he mm. how he wants us to be, and I do not want him to uh, like ask us to kill someone, and we're forced to choose between. Mm-hmm. doing what he wants to prove our loyalties over something else. Cause he seemed to be like, would you be willing to, you know, do these, carry out this punishment based on our laws? And we're not really mm-hmm. part of that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like once we get whatever information we want from Victor, I don't really know what else, what point there is to staying here anymore. Personally. <laughs> the only thing I could say right now would be, like I said, chasing down the lead of this group of people that he seems to be acquainted with who may know something about where to get Dragonbone because they've been kind of presumably experimenting because one of them at least thinks that there could be some uh, a cure to get from it. So mm-hmm. that may be a possible lead, but that's about it. All right, so the plan is then to go back to the wandering... Was it the wandering jester? Go yeah. back there and then... I guess if anything, you should we should try and wrap up some story with, with Brita because <laughs> mm-hmm. she seems to be tied to some of your... your backstory and yeah. she has a sighting that we can check out yeah we can oh, this get is just gonna, it's just gonna add a new side quest to our log here yeah. <laughs> all right so back to the back to the inn you're gonna wait there until you potentially see either victor and or brita i mean i'm not gonna pass up an opportunity to play <laughs> in this uh place i'm sure i have a following of loyal subjects who worship the ground i walk on Maybe I should do my egg bit again. Went well last time. What could go wrong? <laughs> it went weird last time. Yeah, it went weird. Weird things happened when we did that before. Yeah, but they're so anti-new life here. It's a great idea. Back to the pub and, and then what's the plan from there? Well, I think we'll see who we see. Talk to Victor if he's there or talk to Brita if she's there. If neither of them are there, we take a nap. <laughs> Is that your plan? 
Yep. Yeah. You roll me a performance check. <laughs> uh, one. So it doesn't matter what happens. Oof. That egg bit did not go well this time again. <laughs> Pooped yourself. Pooped yourself. <laughs> that was another campaign, guys. <laughs> it still happened. It's a natural yeah, function. <laughs> yeah, that didn't go well. I'm going to get through eggs thrown at me <laughs> instead of people coming, ask, offering me eggs. So how do you think it did not go well in what way what actually happened yeah all right so i'm doing the egg bit about your this is your brain on new life and i probably dropped the shells and the egg slipped fell and like conked my head on the back of the stage <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like one of the eggs was just a rock and you like just smacked yourself <laughs> in the head with it. i would have played it off i'm tough I, I think i fell backwards and like smacked my head off the ground and just fell flat on my ass pretty much Okay, you see at, at one point you do see Victor enter. He's in his getup, so he's not off-duty. But he notices the four of you and gives you a nod, and he, he stands near the entrance for a few minutes. He sort of, you know, is casting his eyes over the, over the uh, inside of the Wandering Jester just to make sure everything's on the level. I'll walk up to him, <laughs> just wiping egg off my butt. Hey, Vic, how's it going? The battle against evil never ceases. But it's fine. How are you? <laughs> uh, right. This Victor. Uh, great. Just wondering if we can chat sometime soon. Are you uh, around? After work or uh, pulling a double? Is something amiss? Are my are my services required? Yeah. Does uh, a foe need smiting? No. Kind of like takes his helmet off and he like puts it under his arm and he's like, well then what's what's going on? <laughs> Now he's okay because he doesn't have the helmet on. <laughs> uh, we just wanted to, if we had a minute to ask you some questions. The, everyone else over there wants to talk to you. I mean, we're cool. I like you and all. Uh, do you have time now or are you busy? It's a fairly quiet afternoon, so lead the way. All right. I leave Victor over to the table where you guys are hanging out. So he just, he doesn't sit because he doesn't want to look too familiar. Gildob doesn't exactly invite him to sit. Sticking with with my poor impression, Gildob's acting out. Be like, so, um, Vanna, you were hanging out with that other chick the other day. What's her name? Bria. Yeah, <laughs> Victor. Do you know her? That was my segue. <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> what's what's the name? Brida. I believe that she's a ranger like yourself, and then she works out of Boldbrook on occasion. Oh, so you don't know her well? No better than you. Seems like bullshit. <laughs> I don't know why I want to be like, why do you have your her stank all over you? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. Why your tongue down your throat at night in the front? <laughs> at the blacksmith, huh? What do you guys connection, <laughs> We're jealous. Just jealous girlfriends, all of us. <laughs> can, yeah, can I like roll an insight check to see if he's totally lying? Yeah, totally. I will do that as well. I might as well join in. I need to roll some dice. Thirteen. Not great. Eleven. Twenty. Bruce is just not bothering, huh? No. (laughs) Could you just drink in your drink? I guess. You two aren't quite sure. Because he he doesn't... He's not like... He's just like staring right at you. He's not like glancing away or anything like that. Illadab, you notice like a trickle of sweat down the side of his head. See? 
Of course he does. But He's course, paranoid it, it, it all the time. It's even perfect because you guys don't notice, so <laughs> I'm like, ugh, I'm not even going to bother. Oh, hand him a handkerchief. I, hand I him a handkerchief. <laughs> so do you communicate your findings to the group somehow? No, I just huff. Oof. And I roll my eyes. <laughs> I, I think Faye would level with him because, again, I think Faye likes him a lot and she doesn't have any reason to not trust him. And I would just be like, look, we know, Victor. Like, we know. Do I do like a persuasion or. I'm not going to say what we know because I want to see how much he gives us. <laughs> sure, yeah, do a, do a persuasion. Twenty-eight. Okay, well, he, like, tenses his jaw. He says, do you have some issue with with Brita that you need squared away? No, we just want more information about what's happening. You seem to be keeping us at arm's length. Well, you, the four of you are fairly new. I mean, can you, can you blame me? No, but we just tested to see how honest you were, and you pretended that you didn't even know her. And we've been straightforward with you about our entire plan and existence since we came into the city. Except for our entire de- identities. <laughs> well, we came into the city, I said. I didn't say getting into the city. <laughs> well, I mean, with the 28, that is a fair point. He, uh, he asks, where, where did you observe us? Yes, we observed you two at the blacksmith shop together. He nods. And he says, very well. You want to know the reasons I'm keeping you at arm's length? Go there after sunset. Why? I'm not at liberty to discuss these types of things here. Puts his helmet back on. Anybody else? Anything? He's about to. You can tell he's about to turn to walk. See you tonight. (laughs) Well, I'm now with Gilly, though. I'm very suspicious. I don't trust this Joker. I don't think it's a trap because he's not the kind of guy that. Set a trap for us. Yeah, he was up front with us from the beginning that he's got someone, other people who are yeah. doing less than lawful things. So I don't think he's trying to hide anything specifically. Agreed. We could try and find Brita and just talk to her first too. Mm-hmm. The only place we really know that she hangs out is where we are right now. So I also don't want to walk around too much and be seen again by people who will recognize us. You're just embarrassed after that terrible performance. No, what are you talking about? It was awesome, those great guys. I'm going to take Dog for a walk. He probably hasn't peed in hours. Stupid dog. Hey, did we ever get Dog any armor? We talked about getting Dog some armor. Some nice leather armor for Dog. I think we got him a collar. Maybe I'll go check out the... Is there like a... A dog collar store? No, like a leathersmith? Or would that just... A dog armory? A tannery, maybe somewhere yeah. where we could pick up some, some. Tannery makes sense to me. Yeah, but uh, like request a, a, spe- a custom-made. Uh, oh, well, I'd think it'd have to be custom. Leather piece for dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going to a blacksmith. He might have connections with leather as well. Yeah, maybe. But if we got a couple hours to kill, just go hit up a tannery and tell him what we're looking for. Give him some specs. Let's go to the blacksmith during the day and see how different it is. You just said you didn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He is so changeable. <laughs> eh, can't hold me down. Well, I suppose I'd probably try and seek out Brida. Um, <laughs> Brida, I'll say that more normally. Um, I guess just to see what other information I can get from her, how much she's willing to reveal and see what this whole sword business is about. 
How do you propose going about trying to find her? Just yell her name on the street. <laughs> yes. Right <laughs> on. Yeah, like you're a ranger, right? Don't you have anything that's just like tracking? I don't think I can track her. I don't think I track fellow rangers. Um, maybe I'll just ask like the bartender if he has seen her or know where she might be. Uh, yeah, he says that he knows that she sometimes likes to do some kind of weird nature meditation outside the city. Just in the forest outside the city walls prior to sunset. When she's here, when she's not out doing her ranger thing. Gildop's just chilling at the bar. I'm gonna prepare my find familiar spell and summon a raven or crow familiar. Are we gonna go out, do you think? Oh, sure. Yeah, Gilly will tag along. It's a bit stir-crazy. Feeling itchy. Let's get out. Vanna and Gilly off on a side quest. (laughs) 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 Okay, can you make a... a, Would it be survival or investigation? But she's not exactly hiding, so give me an investigation check with advantage. Ten. That's with advantage, huh? Yeah, so seven and ten. Gilly gets to do some investigating of his own. Oh, sure. Fourteen. All right, together you're able to, like, she's... (laughs) Partially stumbling around together, but... (laughs) She hears us before we find her, but... Sort of, yeah, I guess so, yeah. So she's she's kind of, like, perched up on the low branch of of a big tree, just kind of looking out into the, over the rest of the forest. And she hops down when she sees your approach. Okay, I will, like, say hello and apologize for interrupting her. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk in the, mid- in the midst or after the battle, so I wanted to, to talk to you because you mentioned that you recognized my sword. I was just curious how you recognized it. I remember as a child that my father forged a sword specifically with many of the same characteristics and embellishments in the handle. The, f- the fine carvings and and detailed inlays. And I know that he gave it to someone. He didn't keep it for himself. But he, he was a man of nature like you and I. And when war was on the horizon, he did make a number of swords. But that one he made for his brother. I'll tell her, or tell her this, is, this is my father's sword. I got it when he died. Oh, what a weird coincidence. What? <laughs> oh, so Double you two are cousins. <laughs> Neat. And there was much rejoicing. The end. <laughs> but it's just they're kind of rejoicing, so they stand there and nod to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Smiling on the inside. Don't you think her dad would have mentioned that his brother made the sword? Sorry. <laughs> just death stares. I'm sorry. <laughs> And Faye randomly showed up with questions behind me. Invisible again. (laughs) Oh, hi there. Faye here. She's invisible talking. Well, I don't know. You never really established how close that you were with, or how close your father was with the rest of his family. No, I have very little backstory figured out. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Can't blame you. It's only been like a year. Exactly. <laughs> Practically no time has passed. <laughs> I'll ask her, is he still living? He made weapons and then was forced to fight, but he he didn't make it through the war. And I thought for the longest time it was just me. No. <laughs> Oh, it's so heartwarming. That's She's as really emotional as up. I get. Yeah. This is really opening it. Maybe there'll even be a gentle touch on the shoulder, but that's it. Nice. I'm seeing you more as like a Rosa character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vanna, you big softy. Mm-hmm. So you touch her softly on the shoulder, and she's like, "That was beautiful." <laughs> it's my yearly allotment of perfection. <laughs> Gildad will interrupt and be like, well, this seems like big news for you two. Uh, and then he'll ask Brita, um, like, knowing this information now, does it change, like, what, you know, what you guys want to do here? Like, she seems like she's alone and we're a little group. I, I, like, it seems like we've all gotten along with her. I guess I'm kind of proposing, like, without directly saying it, like, yeah. How, how, what are you going to do with the rest of yourself now that you figured out you actually have some family left alive? Yeah, and maybe I'll just also interject, like, and what brought you here? She says that she wanted to get some distance from their home. Like, you know that she's not from the exact same, like, place where, where you grew up. She says she wanted to get some distance from from home, from all the sort of painful memories of the past, so she settled near Boldbrook. Still wanted to be sort of like north. Is there anything keeping you here? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm, <laughs> is there anything keeping me here? She asks why, where should I go? I don't know that, but we saw you with Victor the other night, so I was curious if there's other things you're doing while you're in Boldbrook. Ooh, that's an interesting development. Yes, what do you know about Victor? I guess I'll say, well, I don't know how much we know. We don't know how truthful he's being. I've asked him about his relationship with you or how he, how well he knows you, and he was very evasive. Victor tried to accomplish something very important, and he needs good people at his side to do it. And I am trying to help him accomplish this. Gildadal will be like, you know, we also have been trying to influence like change since the war. I would be very interested to know like where you stand on things and if we may have more common ground that we can grow on. Um, it's always important to stick with those who are a part of your clan. And if you found someone related to your family, this could be uh, a good opportunity just being you know after the war you know we were in pharaoh's point you know with all clear and you've been up here in the north yeah like you know where does she stand with like the dragonborn and everything that's happened since the end of the war you mentioned the dragonborn and she like spits on the ground (laughs) she says every day that i know that those scaly good-for-nothings are tainting our land and it hurts me inside. I like this one. Yes, we agree on that, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. 
I think if Victor's able to do what he's setting out to do, then then we'll have the ability to beat them, drive them out of our, our lands for good. Well, maybe, okay, so maybe, like, she's not been totally, like, clear, so I'll, I'll like, try and be as transparent. When you're talking about what Victor's trying to do, you mean cure new life, right? She nods. Yeah, that's what he's trying to do. So does she support him, like, because of that goal? Or does she have other, you know, goals that she has for herself while she's here? And then that, and then that, Giladov's almost, like, opening up for us to give up more information about, like, what we're doing. She says that she's, that's the main reason why she's around Boldbrook. We'd really like a cure. That'd be great. She says, Victor apparently thinks very highly of your abilities, and... I think you should I think you should speak with him more because I'm sure together you could do great things. Yes, we're planning on meeting him at the blacksmith shop this tonight. What's happening there? I think he'll show you. Wait and wait until he makes his case to you later before you come to any final judgments. But I, I think you'll see eye to eye with him on many things. I feel like I'm happy, for me, I'm happy to leave it there because I feel like there's so much ambiguity around what's happening tonight, so. She gives you a very noticeable, very perceptible nod. I nod back, I return the nod. (laughs) A firm nod. (laughs) It's so firm. Uh, Anything else before the meeting? We can make small talk with her about her sighting because Gildog's so interested in what she saw. And sure, I've got yeah. My bird with me, so I've been like keeping an eye open while we're out of the city. Uh, so she kind of describes something very similar to what you saw. Just kind of a, a brief outline. It looked like it may have been a dragon. She didn't hear it make any sound or see any movement of its body, really. Yeah. Apart from gliding, and that was that was kind of it. I don't know, unless we run into any bears, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Did Spruce go out and get some armor for Dog? Yeah, was I able to like commission a piece? I don't imagine Dog armor is just like readily available. You just cut a big thick piece of leather and put some straps on it Pretty so you much. can yeah. you know, belt buckles. it around his, his body. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... A little bit more easily procured than than Spruce would have expected because this is like a town that's far to the north. There's a lot of like ranger types that have animal companions and like people have hunting dogs. And so they want to protect their pooches. Nice. How much would that set me back if the I po- wanted to The go? pooch protector? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What, that's what it's called. There with the craftsman named it. The <laughs> it's like, actually, I know a guy. When you're like asking about it, I know a guy who's actually made this before. It's the brand Calls name. It the pooch protector. Is this some sort of cup for ladies or something? That's what I'm picturing. Like a dog oh, pooch strap. Protect- pooch. <laughs> yeah, that's a different merchant. <laughs> pooch. <laughs> that's the seedy underbelly that doesn't open until after dark. That's where we're going tonight, guys. Yay. It's going to be some weird BDSM scene. It's in the high class district of town and it's more of an after dark kind of <laughs> an eyes wide shut type deal. <laughs> the love shape. Uh, Such back like five gold pieces. Oh yeah, definitely get that. Get 
Get dog all armored up. You have a monogrammed or anything? Have you been working on training with him? It says dog. No flaming rabbits or whatever nope. on it? Is it in common? <laughs> whatever language dog is. Yeah, so while this is going on, are you going to, like, try to train the dog to do certain things? Sure. Yeah. I wanted to train him to be just, like, just... A good boy? Well, just obedient to me. So that if I... Like, I don't really want to train him as, like, an attack dog. But I want him to be... I want to gain his loyalty. And, I mean, he's a dog, so he's probably already madly loyal to me. Yeah. But you could probably say that, like, in all your little bits of downtime that you would just slowly work on it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't feed him scraps of food. It means nothing to him. All right. So while while this meeting is happening, you get a pooch protector. Can you also roll animal handling just to see how your training goes? Yeah. It's a 10. Hmm. It's Average. Fun. Mixed results. Yeah. <laughs> Average day. Not good, not bad. Okay. So it's night. The four of you exit the wandering jester. Because I'm assuming that Gillian Venna would have gone back after that meeting. Okay, yeah. So you regroup, you exit the Wandering Jester. Uh, Victor, not in his full paladin gear, is waiting not far away. He walks without saying much, heading towards this blacksmith's shop. And Brita is also standing outside, and she gives yet another nod. This is just like an outpouring of emotion um, and sort of like, falls in behind the four of you. I like how perturbed you are that your cousin's showing a more emotion to you. It's just embarrassing. Quick question going into this. Did you iterate this information to us when you got back that you found your long-lost cousin? Yeah. Or are we I feel like that's probably a, a semi-important thing. I'd probably... I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I'd give you the Cliff's Notes version of it, yeah. We're related. Cousin. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much how the conversation went anyway, so... <laughs> if anything, Gilladab will, like, fill in details. <laughs> you embellish the details. <laughs> if only a bard had been there to witness the moment. <laughs> oh, well, maybe better to not. <laughs> you walk in, and it's, like, there's, like, a, a couple of lanterns that are lit. Just, like, oil lamps. And you walk past, like, one... A forge that had recently been in use, you walk past and you can feel like the heat coming off of it. And next to it, there's another forge. And likewise, you can feel that it's been until like fairly recently used, so it's also warm. And then there's a third one that you feel nothing from. And Victor just kind of like steps forward a little bit. He's like patting his foot on the ground. Until you see his foot disappear, and then he just kind of walks into this... Secret passage. Illusory forge. I was going to say illusionary forge. <laughs> yeah. And he you can hear his voice saying, like, just watch the first step. It's a bit tricky. I just proudly march in. I probably trip over the first step, though. <laughs> <laughs> just tumble down the stairs. So you have a head injury and, like, a broken back now? Is I, that I, where this is? I did twirl past the iron giants in like the first episode so i'm not clumsy oh my god you did didn't you yeah natural 20 <laughs> so the four of you follow there's a, a short hallway and then a larger looks like a heavy wooden door and victor makes a very specific like knock on it and it opens from within you can see that it is a 
what may have been a storage room at one point, still maybe half is because there's a whole bunch of barrels. You can't tell if they're full or empty or not. But uh, there's several uh, rows of wood uh, pillars. And there are a number of crates and a few chests. There's some tables with various stacks of like books and, and parchment around. There's one very large table on the far right-hand side of this of this room, you can see that there's a uh, an elf uh, woman working away at this desk next to another oil lamp. You also notice that there are several other warrior-looking individuals who are eyeing you very carefully as you as you walk in. They're wearing a couple of them are wearing leather armor, one one or two wearing um, chainmail. So Victor turns to you and he says, "These are my people, and you've." already come to the conclusion, I think, and I wasn't quite vague about this, but you've already come to the conclusion that I'm working towards a cure. And this cure involves a number of different ingredients, most of which are readily available, one of which is not. Well, it is readily available, it's not easily obtainable. And he sort of motions to the the elf woman, and he, he says this is a companion of mine who's been able to spearhead this formula, and the missing component is Dragonbone. And we are very confident that if we obtain some, that we can make a cure. Would you have to keep obtaining Dragonbone to keep making cures for every person? Or if you get some Dragonbone, you make a cure and somehow you can replicate it without more Dragonbone? He, he says we'll need a fair amount a little goes a long way, but based on the th- stories that you've told us about Pharaoh's Point, we will need a good amount. Not an entire fleet of dragons worth, but certainly more than one person can carry. And I have been growing more and more despondent, but more and more angered by what I hear. Anger at the fact that Dane refuses to bend his precious rules when he could save the lives of so many people quite easily, but simply refuses to. And I was considering trying this myself, but I know that I am not capable in the ways that you are. It wasn't until I heard about your adventures, your accomplishments below the surface, that I knew that I finally had found some people that were capable of doing what I couldn't do. Sneaking into the shrine. Yes! Sorry, he was talking, and I'm like... Promotion's eliminating it. We are on the edge of greatness. And if the four of you will join with me, then we we can save Pharaoh's Point and this entire realm. Think of of how the people will be galvanized once they hear that new life has been cured and that we can finally start fighting back against the Dragonborn properly. Phage is super stoked about this entire idea. (laughs) <laughs> Candace goes, I have some problems with it, but Faye's super stoked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to know, like, what have, have you done anything to try and obtain Dragonbone? And is this your last resort? And I'd also want to know, like, wouldn't you be concerned of immediately being, like, the prime suspect if you've talked to Dane about this already? Wouldn't he know it's you? And aren't you concerned about the consequences of that? The retribution of his entire army? Yeah, yeah. Very good question. 
I haven't talked to Dane about it. Through his inaction has already told me as much as he needs to. That he will not bend his rules. But you're right, if I did ask him and then there was some kind of attempt made, then I would be highly suspect. But I think I'm in a position where he trusts me. Okay, first, we get you an alibi. We'll make sure you're in sight of him. That way he can't think it's you. Second, we have to figure out the security plan. (laughs) Everything you know, how we can trick it, what's our best way in. Third, get me a costume. I need to look beautiful. (laughs) For sneaking. (laughs) He's he's happy that one of you is, like, at least very excited about this. (laughs) Gilly is like, nope. (laughs) I think Spruce felt the same, too. It feels incredibly risky. Like, incredibly risky. Because maybe Victor wouldn't be the prime suspect because he hasn't said anything to Dane yet. Who do you think is going to be the prime suspect? Maybe the new foursome that showed up in town refused to do some of the things that Dane asked if we would to be loyal. And then all of a sudden, after decades, (laughs) an entire or a whole bunch of dragon bone goes missing. Like, 100%, he's he's gonna know it's us. Two things I wanted to ask. One is, if we take Dragonbone from this dragon, will it impact the magical presence that it's provided for the city, money-wise and protection-wise? Is that something that Faye asks him? Ugh, she wouldn't think that. Well, I mean, to answer the question, it's a good question. Yeah, because I think that's what... Gilladob's thing, it's not like a good theft isn't great and all. I think I just feel ethically wrong about messing with their gold dragon. Which just seems mean. I just don't think it'll work out well for people. But I would be curious, like, how, how much it would affect. While everyone's see. asking questions, I'm measuring you all for black spandex. <laughs> it would have an effect in terms of how long that ability lasted. Like, the, the ground and the surrounding areas got, like, saturated with it. So it would take... Like, there's no real way to know how long. It would take time for it to dissipate. So it's not like if you remove the bones overnight, things would be different. But we're not taking the entire skeleton. Are we? Well, I mean, technically you can't because it's unless you were willing to partially excavate it. Yeah, so I was going to ask, will will it lessen the amount or its reach or how strong that magic is because still some of that bone will be in there i almost figure like is is, if anything's taken it's incomplete but if it doesn't matter if it's complete or not for the bones to have the impact on you know from from what i understood because it's one of the it's like a gold dragon and it's a complete body so it's like got a rarity to it i just from what i understood from what we had said it was just the bones left an impact i didn't know if it was specific bones having an entire skeleton if that makes a difference yeah i suppose i didn't convey that because i don't know if how how many people for sure know or have the first-hand experience of removing an entire skeleton and then and then informing everybody else about the like the resulting changes although there have been skeletons that have been sort of pilfered already so there would be there would be like an after effect but if like if all of I think if all of it's removed, then it would be a very much diminished effect. So 
I want to ask him, why is this the preferred option? Like, there's Dragon Bone other places. I mean, sure, this is convenient because it's right here, but it's also incredibly risky. Why wouldn't you go to other other places where you could obtain it? He says, I've weighed the risks, and as far as I can tell, this is safer than trying to take it off of giants, and it seems safer to me than wandering into some fire blasted or or snow and ice encrusted hellscape i like the idea the saying better the devil you know because he knows i'm guessing the security system he knows the changing of the guards he knows everything where like he said he doesn't know the fire and how it's going to be if there's giants what evil and bad guys around other bones so at least he knows this is one that is attainable to help which I could be maybe nearsighted, but makes sense to me. Felix less danger also. Spruce's main concern is is the after effects when it comes to um, Dane's family. They would have considerable force if he were to um, try and come after us afterwards. If we can pull this off without him either figuring it out, whether it's through some kind of illusion to make them think that it's still there, or if we can really try and uh, create enough of a misdirection to make him believe that it wasn't us and still stay in his good books, then great. Then I'm all in. Well, I would like to hear his plan then. I would, if you've thought about this and you think this is feasible, how would you propose about doing it? He says, some of my men can cause a distraction. We could try to lure the guards, because it's still guarded at night, away from one of the two entrances which would allow you to slip in, and then it would be up to you to make your way out undetected. Once you're outside of the city walls, I can guarantee your safety. He kind of looks around the room and he says, these people are not my only people. Did we tell him that we're... Lo- we, he knows we're looking for Dragonbone, though, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we could just convey to him, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to need to keep a portion of this Dragonbone, which means that we need to get enough for both of our our goals here is one portable hole going to be enough to fit what we all need he says one one portable hole fit quite a bit of what of the of the bone that's exposed okay well then we got that covered so then i guess the next step is to come up with a plan yes come up with our heist plan yes it says the the shrine is closed after dark but there's still a patrol mm-hmm with those special little glasses that we know can see illusionary magic. Yes, yes, with those. The, uh, the sphere... Disco ball thing. The d- <laughs> that hangs above the dragon bone projects a, projects a cone of anti-magic. So no illusion can work under there. So we're going to have to neutralize the patrol. All right, this, this cone of anti-magic, is it just... It's not like any kind of force field or anything we can cross into it easily correct oh yeah and then there's also the gap that seems to go down into infinity no it doesn't go down it goes down like 30 feet or something like that's just a little moat oh so you just kind of like we can how steep is are like the walls jump i mean they're pretty steep but oh it's not wide well the the, it's like just a 10 foot jump so it's not impossible you get a running start and knowing that gilly is super skeptical victor i'd Kind of like, check in and see what you think of this plan. Are you on board? 
I mean, I don't know what to do. But I suppose if... I just, I keep thinking in my head the whole time we're planning this gleefully that it's like, so we're going to assault the temple. Hmm. I guess we're doing this. And, and I... A little bit of it is almost like a superstition of like disturbing this site. It feels a little weird. But also, like, you know, I don't know where we stand or or who we're going to, like, align with. But, of course, a little bit of me is, like, concerned about, like, the temple's not bad people. And I'm not, like, an evil character. And we're going to, like, if we go and do this job, like, something is going to go south. We're going to have to, like, kill people. We're going to be, like, attacking and assaulting a temple. We don't have to kill people. And... What about like your whole mage hand thing? Is that not thief thievery to you? To you, it's not different because it's the temple. Is that I'm not asking like an attack. I'm asking a question. No, like yeah, I steal from people or whatever. That, well, and not even like <clears throat> my character is never really like a direct thief so much. Like I was a fence and I worked for them. It was like a necessity, but it doesn't mean like I'm a. I think of myself too much as a criminal or whatever. So. But ideally, we could pull this off without having to kill anyone. The killing part doesn't even matter so much. Like, if you're going against something. I know it's more important for y- for your character, I think. The whole, like, violence or non-violence. Well, it's just about the greater good to me. Well, and I've, first... I've also seen you be, like, non-violent and put us at risk. So I have mixed feelings about your non-violence stance. The, yeah, I'm saying the violence at, at this point is is... Yeah, ideally we can do we can pull this off without being violent, but the whole when it comes to the theft in general, I mean the way Spruce is going to look at it is that this is if this is the best option for obtaining dragon bone, then it's about the greater good. This is it's something we need to do. It's unfortunate that the the shrine has to be the target of it, but we have few other options. So, Victor can sense your most of your indecision phase. I'm putting on my spit next now. He's <laughs> <laughs> got night vision goggles. Ready to go. And he like walks over to a side table. He's got like a little cask of wine and he sets it close to you and like sets out some cups. And he's like, I know that this is a difficult thing to consider because you've already spoken with Dane and you understand what consequences this could have. This is not an easy thing to ask. Share a drink, talk amongst yourselves. You can speak with emotions to the elf. You can you can speak with Enna, our alchemist. Definitely take the opportunity to talk to this Enna and try to get information and make sure to like meet her and make the connection and everything. Definitely take the opportunity to have a drink or seven. I probably because he's sensing that I'm like mulling over my thoughts and stuff. I'll kind of just. I'll like even slip away from the table as he's grabbing the drinks and go and try and chat with her. She sees your approach and she puts her quill back in its inkwell and like sort of blows on the sheet of paper and she stands up and she clasps her hand in front of you and she says, uh, I take it you're, you're new to this little venture? Yes. Not sure what our position is in it yet, but we're definitely supporters of a search for a cure for a new life. I don't quite understand what Elwyn was going for when he supposedly made this. It's baffling to me that he would that he would do something like this. Didn't mm. seem at all like the the man I once knew. But uh yes, a cure I think is is the most pressing priority 
I didn't know Elwyn before. Like, it sounds like you knew him. But the times I've seen him, he seems like he's not quite himself. I can say that. He, like, steps closer to you and she says, you... Sounds like you've seen him recently? I knew I let that slip. And I pass it off as in, like, oh, well, we've been in contact before. She sits back down. And she tries to look like nothing's wrong, and she, like, tries to put her hand on your hand. She says, we, we were students together, seems like a long time ago. We studied at the Arcane Academy. He was only there for a short time before he got tired of the rules and left. But even with his sort of disdain for what he saw as their constraints on his intellect, I never thought that he would be the type of man to do this. If only I could, like, talk to him again and see... He, he had mentioned something like this to me once upon a time, but I never thought that he, he never seemed like he would go through with it. I think it would be hard enough to gleam his true intentions. He can be a bit erratic at times. Um, but if I had to guess, it was a tough decision for him during a time of great chaos after the war. And uh, I don't think he made the decision lightly. But nonetheless, we're in the situation we're in and... Uh, even though we are, as you said, new to the group and possibly a little all unsure of our allegiances, I am very supportive of your work. She indicates that Elwyn was always more intelligent than she was, so she finds it surprising that he wasn't able to cure it. Ever since we met him, he's been very erratic. Like Sometimes he can't think straight, sometimes he doesn't like remember things he's got all these weird like papers everywhere like the way people talk about him from the few people we've met that may have like known him before it seems like he was an incredibly intelligent person and as far as we've known him he's been a little broken like he's not all with it and he's the one sending us on this quest that's why like if she knew him and she seems like this is a pretty just like two people talking that I'm trying to relate like my impressions to get a sense and maybe I'll even roll like an insight to get a sense of like, is this the Elwin that you knew? Like, is this how he should be? Does this make sense? Or does this make me think that like, yeah, maybe something changed with him or like, he's someone the way different. he was before. I, I don't think I would make you roll an insight check on that. I think that your description of him she would say that that's not, not who she remembers. So I guess then Gilda will say, well, you know, I've already gone ahead and, and shared, you know, that we have been in contact. And I'm hesitant to say more, but if you were to have certain questions for, say, Elwyn or for others at the Arcane Academy, if you were to write those down, I may be able to get messages in between certain groups. If that would be of assistance. I'd be interested in bringing up her name to Owen without saying that you know that she knows him too. Just to see. Yeah, I wouldn't want to just go and like tell, because she's almost making it seem like we should be questioning, you know, our trust in Elwyn, which Gildob seems very untrusting well, also not. I have a weird... He's a weird mix. Trust certain people... Out of nowhere. Time, and then... <laughs> other people, it gives them a really hard time, so... 
Just to cut away from this conversation, what are the three of you kind of discussing at this point? I'm still mulling this over in my head. Just hanging out with your cousin? Yeah. (laughs) Sharing some quality silent time. (laughs) I kind of want to explore one of the other options to get Dragonbone. Which one? In the more rough terrain area. I don't know, I feel like based on my character, like, that wouldn't seem like such a barrier to me, I don't think. Like, navigating that shouldn't be that big of a problem. After a casual little conversation, Gildab would say something to the extent of, uh, no matter what, it's always hard to know who to trust, and if you ever need any assistance, and then I'll use my mage hand to, like, pick up a pencil and to, like, write a thieves' cant symbol on a piece of her paper and say, um, you know... Write that symbol on the fountain in the common square if you need to make a connection and I will meet you, you know, at this point and I'll write down like a thing. Basically giving her a, a means of like putting out a signal that wouldn't be noticed if she, if she ever needed to make contact. Because I've been very like, I'm here for you. This is the reason why like I came to this. And if you need help or if you need information, this is how to contact me. Everybody roll me a quick perception check. 20. 9. 21. 8. As you sort of like use your mage hand to pick up a quill and write this little symbol, you like shuffle one of the pages and you notice a name on one of them that jumps out at you. And it's Ulrich. More questions. (laughs) Can you re- remind forgetful people who that is? <laughs> Ulrich Bearheart. Bearheart, right, yeah. Uh, Does she see, like, like the paper flips or whatever? And she sees it becomes visible? Because I would just give her, like, a knowing look. Now, the, the whole, we did know that Brita was mm-hmm. a Bearheart supporter already, mm-hmm. so it doesn't come as a surprise to me that maybe he's part of funding this situation. Mm-hmm. Who... So you had... 21 or 20? 20. I think Faye got 21. You got 21? You hear one of these other burly guys refer to Victor as Ulrich. Oh, shit. 